This other big, big topic is, of course, the cost of energy, uh, the green agenda, and indeed net zero. And that is a massive, massive issue. So uh, we had the Labour Party just uh, last year announcing they were going to invest £28 billion of taxpayers' cash every year into uh, the green investment, into heading towards net zero, which was a vast sum of our cash. And yet this week on Friday morning, all of a sudden, Rachel Reeves is beginning to smell the coffee and realise that actually, firstly, we haven't got the cash. And maybe uh, looking at what's going on across the channel in the European Union, maybe the direction of travel is slightly different. So she's rowing back on that pledge. Well, I'm delighted that we are joined by Michael Jacobs, who's the Professor of Political Economy at the University of Sheffield and a former advisor to Gordon Brown of the Labour Party. Michael, a very good morning to you. Thanks for being with us. So this was uh, uh, quite a significant shift of language from the Shadow Chancellor on Friday morning. It sort of slightly got lost in amongst all the other noise from the Conservatives. But uh, what's your understanding of, uh, of what's gone on in the Labour Party to make this, uh, it says to row back from this previous investment pledge. I mean, some people are describing it as a flip-flop. Well, you can uh, understand why uh, opponents of Labour are trying to characterise it that way, but it isn't. So Labour is still committed to a very large investment programme in green jobs, green technologies, renewable energy, electric vehicles and so on. So what uh, Rachel Reeves has announced is that it won't be uh, a spending plan which has £28 billion per year, but will get to £28 billion per year over the course of a parliament. So what would have been, let's say, 28 times four years of a parliament, £112 billion, might now be 80 to £90 billion. So that's still a very, very large commitment, which is indicative of Labour's commitment to tackle climate change, get to net zero, a legal obligation on the British government, adopted by the Conservatives, of course. But the really important thing to say is, why has this happened? It's nothing to do with the Labour Party. It's all to do with this mis mismanagement of the economy by the Conservative government. When the Rachel Reeves first made this pledge, only two years ago, September 2021, it cost the government 1% to borrow money from the gilt markets. It now costs 4%. So it's not the same pledge to say we'll borrow £28 billion today. Of course. It's not the same thing as to say and, it will, and uh, what it was... Three, uh, two years ago. And that's not because of anything that's happened in Labour, it's because the Conservatives have so mismanaged the economy in, that it's now in much In fairness, actually, Michael, interest rates across the Western world have all increased. They've increased in yes, the Eurozone. Yes, but that's why They've the change has been made. It's entirely about the fiscal rules which Labour has and how much spending it's willing to do in relation to its fiscal rules. So and you the don't think that it's... But, uh, so what's going on in the EU? Because there's quite a lot of adjustment going on within certain nations uh, within the EU. We've got uh, a number of them, Italy in particular, and also Germany and France, getting very concerned about the impact of uh, the ban on uh, internal combustion engine cars, looking to delay that, looking to allow it for e-fuels. It seems to me that uh, there's quite a sort of a deferral process going on of various conditions and constraints within the EU and yet we're ploughing on regardless with, as you say, no, that legal commitment. I, well, I don't agree with you at all. Um, Ursula von der Leyen uh, has announced that Europe will be uh, not just committed to the same 55% reduction uh, by 2030 and then net zero by 2050 that the UK is, 
but that she will now have, in the European Union, a green industrial plan to match the Biden administration's Inflation Reduction Act, which famously is providing a huge uh, degree of subsidy to industries to invest in green technologies. And the European Union is going down that route because it needs to compete with the US. We're in a new world in which China is pushing ahead with its uh, technological development. It is supplying much of the world's solar power, for example. And the United States has woken, has uh, smelt the coffee, if you like, in your phrase, has realized that unless they get onto this net zero bandwagon, the jobs will all be in China and but, elsewhere. But, but so in reality, but said, in reality let me, Michael... Let me just finish. Let me just finish. America said we need the jobs at home, and now the European Union is going to do that. And frankly, if we are not very quickly uh, onto this, we are going to be fall, falling behind. So the but, question but the, is whether the, the UK but Michael, the EU, the, the, EU, the EU is looking to defer the gas boiler plan, uh, and that's potentially being led within Germany. Uh, heat pumps... Are, are clearly losing support from people in these various nations and they're looking to delay that. It seems to me there's a, a gradual trend within the EU of saying, actually, this is economic madness. This is the well, wrong direction. The cost of it is too high. Why would, if that were the case, uh, why would Ursula von der Leyen have announced a new green uh, European green industrial plan with because, a lot more money because, to do it? Because she's based in Brussels at the top of the tree. No, but no, it's, she but isn't. But it's the politician. No, no, she, she really is. isn't. This she, is, she's this is she's really at the top important. of the Brussels tree, but it's, it, the, it's, it's the nation really member important. states themselves, it's Germany really and Italy, that are saying Richard, otherwise. It's really, Richard, it's really important that your listeners understand the European system that we left she is at the top of the government's tree she represents all the national elected governments and they make the decisions it's just a myth that brussels a nameless set of bureaucrats make the decisions in the european union they don't they are made by the assembled leaders of the member states of which we used to be one we are no longer and she represents them they're made well let, let's be clear they're, they're made the by the commission rather than by the meps but the point is it's the individual nation states that are rowing back on the commitments that have been made. Well, I some don't see this. Some I off. just genuinely don't see this. What I see are countries pushing ahead in much more difficult circumstances. Now, do you have to adjust things, as Rachel Reeves has done, when the economic circumstances are worse? Of course you do. We've had a massive energy shock. So, 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 right, so, so it, it, would so you therefore say we should... Let me finish. Let me finish. Otherwise, there's no point in having a guest. It would be irresponsible for any government to say the world is exactly the same as it was two years ago, so we're going to do it exactly So you accept the same. we should when defer the as well? So you, you have to change. So you would accept that in terms of here in the UK, we should follow the suggestions in, the, in some of the European countries that we should defer the ICE uh, car ban, car sales ban from 2030, and we should defer the gas boiler ban here in the UK, which is what's being suggested in Europe, to adjust we to the circumstances. We don't have a gas boiler ban. We don't have a gas boiler ban. We, we, have a, we have a ban on the sale of new gas boilers from about 2030, and there's a suggestion that it might be delayed from 2035. So, yes, we do actually have a, uh, a future gas boiler ban. We don't have a ban. gas boiler ban now. What we have it's on the EDF website, Michael. You can't lie to my no, listeners. No, no, no. We are, nobody is banning gas boilers. We are trying to shift to a new... So everybody who's got a current gas boiler, you can keep your gas boiler until it, until it uh, conks out. And well, then you can't buy another one. Do. There is a plan that when you buy a new one, after 20, it'll be in the early 2030s, possibly as late as 2035, um, the government will encourage you to move to a to a heat pump or, or, to, or to biogas, uh, some kind of biofuel. So, yes, but it's not a ban on gas boilers. Lots and lots of people will it's retain a ban, their gas it's boilers. It's a ban on new many, gas boilers, and you can't, put, you can't put them in existing homes. 
But let me ask you. Look, a... so, let, so, Richard, let's let's just be be honest. And I'm absolutely. This is absolutely. a transformation and we have to do because. And we why, do, to why do we have to do it? Why do we have to do and it, it's Michael? It's going to be difficult. The technologies are getting cheaper, but we have to manage all of these things. Nobody said this was going to be easy. And wh why, why do we, we have, have to do, do it? Is we have to look after the planet so that our children do not live in an uninhabitable world, and that's the priority. So, here. so let's just let's just let's just pick up on that because we hear all these forecasts of catastrophic doom and there's an emergency. I'll just play you a little clip from Al Gore back in 2009, 14 years ago. Uh, some of the models suggest to Dr. Maslowski that there is a 75% chance that the entire North Polar ice cap during summer, during some of the summer months could be completely ice-free within the next five to seven years. So that was that was uh, 2009, but the reality is, for example, Arctic sea but that ice. That will happen this year. I uh, know Arctic so sea ice. Arctic sea ice. I've checked it out uh, on the on the data from the uh, from the sea ice data center. Arctic sea ice is now back at 2004 levels. These forecasts from these catastrophizers are completely wrong. Let's look at a tweet well, from Greta, Greta Thunberg back in about 2016 or 18. It was. Warning that uh, we'll stop, unless we stop using fossil fuels over the next five years, humanity will stop. This is complete garbage that is being well, that spouted. Was, yes. Uh, so that, that, whatever Greta Thunberg, if that was a true quote, uh, that was obviously silly. Nobody, no top climate scientist was saying that. So the interesting thing about the one that you've chosen, or obviously you've, you've selected one particular uh, forecast, is that Arctic sea ice is now likely to be lost during the summer months altogether. And that was actually something that came out. But it's out back of, to levels of, uh, of 20 years ago. The no, direction travel is, is, is going in the other direction. It, no, it's literally, it's the Arctic sea ice is variable according to the different patterns of weather that we get. But we are, we've seen huge amounts of melting and we are on course to have uh, many years, not every year, many years where there is no Arctic uh, sea ice. All you need to do is ask the uh, the companies that are now running tours. Literally, you can get a cruise now through the Arctic sea ice, um, and uh, uh, now because they are so confident that it won't be there. So these predictions have been a bit slower to happen in some cases. In some cases, faster. So, so the predictions are being completely really, no, wrong, no, is what the, you're the admitting. Point, and, and, the, the, and the data shows no, in the last four years from the 2019 low, it's increased. Richard, Richard science is uncertain. But, but we're told we have to follow the say, science. No, nothing. Look at if you look at the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, which is the yes, authoritative body of all absolutely. the world. Let me finish the point. Otherwise, there's no point in having a discussion. If you look at what they say, every statement they make, they say we have high confidence, medium confidence, or low confidence in that statement. They are scientists. They look at the evidence. They look at the projections in their models, and then they work out how confident they are. And they always say so. They always acknowledge the uncertainty. So many of the things that they are saying now, they are saying with very high confidence that we are running into a world that will be desperately, desperate, desperately difficult to live on. And if we don't do anything about it, it will get worse and worse. That's the most. I'm, the I'm so glad you raised that because actually I have, Michael, read the IPCC reports, page 39. Good. Clause D 1.4. If we get to net zero tomorrow, how long does it say before the rate of level of rising of sea level will stop? What do the IPCC say about that? proposing net zero tomorrow. Well, everyone's proposing to try and get it as soon as possible. No, but no. But what they say, what they say is, no, it, it, when Richard, do we get to it? When Richard, do we get tomorrow? Just, no, answer the Richard, question. Just, 
just answer the question, Michael, that I've asked you. You can't come on a show and fail to answer the question. Just give your views of fact. It's just not fair to be on a radio program and then tell your do you views. Not know the, do you not know the answer, Michael, true. or do you not want to give the answer because it's embarrassing to your cause? No, I'm just trying to give your listeners. What's the answer, Michael? What is the answer? Information. Nobody is saying we get to net zero tomorrow. It's 2050. That's Fine. 25 okay, Michael, years hence. Great. When we get there in 2050, how long will it take, according to the IPCC that you clearly adore, how long will it take for I the rate of sea level it. rise to, st I, to stop? How why, long will it why take, do Michael? I use such emotive language. I don't adore it. I try and listen to what incredibly well well-researched science Excellent. is trying to tell us. And, and how long do those incredibly well-researched, clever scientists say it'll take for the sea level rise rate to stop after we get to net zero in 2050? Oh, how a long? long time because of the lags in the process. So we know one of the problems we have is that the current climate change that we're experiencing today, record temperatures, all these extreme weather events, these extraordinary fires in Canada, which are now causing people to... Which to, happen every um, year in Canada. Answer the question. Don't divert no. it. Don't what about what, answer what's, the question. What's the question precisely? The question is, how long will it take, according to the IPCC well-researched clever scientists... A long time. Right, I'll tell I you the answer. The I'll tell you the answer because you obviously number. don't know. The answer is between... No, I don't know the with, number. With, I'm not, well, no. then read the report, Michael. Well, because no, I've on. read it, you, it you, says, with high confidence that you referred to, between 200 yeah. and 1,000 years. This is an absolute nonsense. You no, know, this, this is an was, absolute what nonsense. Between, what, We'd be better to say, adapt rather did, did than to try and mitigate on, the on, unmitigatable. Did you say this was when the sea level rise would stop occurring? So you're not saying this is when it would start being dangerous to places that are on the coast. You're saying this is when it would end. No, no, that's so, not what it says. What I said is no, no, but the, what's the, the rate fact of you're change. You're trying to give your, your viewers. What's what, the fact? The, the fact Let, is. Say it, say it straightforward. I, was, so I will tell you that the rate of sea level rise will not change for between 200 and thousand years they do what say that i'm encouraged to say on, they say that on, with high rate, confidence hang on the rate of sea level rise so you mean the speed at which so you acknowledge that the sea level is rising so what you're looking at is that when it yeah. starts to slow down the, the, the so truth right? is the truth is you don't so, so you, do you acknowledge you don't you don't like the understand. uncomfortable fact that we'd you, be better no, to we'd be better to adapt michael than to mitigate excuse me you've highlighted a fact but we're not quite sure what this fact is. Are you saying that you acknowledge that sea levels are rising? Yes, absolutely. What you're is I'm, I'm, they will only slow down. Everybody, and, and how much is how much is sea level rising per, per year? How much because is sea level rising per mean year? They're not rising, does it? How long is how much is sea level rising in the UK per year, Michael? At the moment, very little. Right. So you accept it's very little. The IPCC accepts that it won't make much difference if we get to near us between 200 and 1,000 years. Wouldn't we be better to invest no, no, a little no. bit in some sea no, level defences rather than trying to stop the, the unstoppable? It will slow down. For between 200 and 1,000 years. Now, that means that the rate is still rising, doesn't it? Yes, so we will see sea level but you've just admitted you've just admitted that sea level is rising very, very little. I'll tell you the answer because you don't yeah, seem but, to know but, many answers. It's between one and a half and two and a half millimeters a year. That's two and a half centimeters not, a, do you not see, a decade. Do you not do you not see all these extreme weather events occurring with much greater there is, frequency there is, no, and much again, more severely? Again, you're clearly deluded from the data, Michael. The data no, absolutely I, shows. For example, there is no, no, no increase. You, there is you, no increase okay, in major or hurricanes in the Look, last hundred years. Pick, you focused on the slowest of all the impacts, which is sea level rise. We've always known that that is the slowest of all the impacts. Why don't we pick the ones that are already happening? 
the increased frequency of forest fires, of droughts, of hurricanes, of cyclones, and of extreme temperatures. Do you agree that those we're having more of those because every no, year because, is getting warmer no, I don't, than because we used to? No, I don't, because I'm looking at the graph. Are of, you, do you I'm, agree? I'm, I'm looking at do the graph have, of forest fires in Canada that happen every that single year. No, I don't actually, because I've got graphs. No, you don't agree that these things you can actually, we can actually see. So these are not projections of the future, but uh, actually things you can see, Michael, you don't think they're happening. If you look at the graph of Canada forest fires in the last 43 years, since 1980, every single year, millions of hectares are get burnt in Canada in thousands and, and thousands of forest fires. This happens every single year. So some do you years think it's more, happening... some years it's less. Every year there are major hurricanes, every year the there are minor hurricanes. There's no increase in the number of hurricanes in the last 50 to 100 years. The truth is, the data doesn't support what you're saying. Well, why is it that 99%, more than 99%, of all scientific papers on climate change say that it is? Why is it that you, who are not a trained climate scientist, think that you know better? I'm, I'm so than glad all you these raised that. You're referring to university, you're, studied the data, and have said. I'm so glad you raised that because part. what you're referring to is the Cook but why analysis. Why is it, Richard, that only you know this and all the climate scientists don't? Uh, what about the thousand clients, no, climate why scientists? Is it? Hang, why do you think you, you have you do the seem quite cross, actually, to deny Michael. all the climate science? Because there's about a thousand plus experts and scientists, wise people. Can you uh, in an organisation called the, uh, which is, the, they came up with the World uh, Climate Declaration. It's an organisation called Clintel. Many, many experts within who actually support the position that I've just put forward. Can you name a single reputable climate scientist in that group? Uh, I haven't got the list in front of me. Yeah, there are oh, many, so you many haven't experts. got the list. So, in fact, when you say, Michael, you don't have the knowledge about whatever it's the about, and you the said about the, silence, the ninety-seven percent figure you, you just don't used. Even know who supports your own case? There are there's a list of over a thousand people. Over Michael. a thousand, and there are thousands and thousands of climate scientists. If you I'm could so name glad. a single yes. reputable climate Excellent. scientist in that group, uh, a Nobel laureate, Professor Ivor. Uh, Iva Giver from the USA, Professor Gus Burkhout, Dr. Cornelius Lepere from what the Netherlands. These are all lots of experts in a variety of uh, lots of experts who what have put forward. They are, are, they they are the ambassadors scientists? of the World Climate Declaration. Isn't the reality but, that it's good to debate no, this thing? Isn't the reality you, that people on your on uh, on your side of the debate you want to shut down debate? You, you want to prevent the debate. Facts. But the facts why are. Why is it that every Richard? Why is it that every country in the world is going down this path? It's not the UK. It's not the EU. It's not even all of us and the US. It's China. It's India. It's Brazil. I'm, it's all of the Africa. And we're what are all China concerned do? about this because that's what the science says. Uh, Michael, why is it Michael, only you who think you know better than every government in the world? Why is it that China are building coal-fired power stations as we speak? in order and to produce also, cheap fossil and fuel also, and energy. Why is it that China haven't legally signed up to net zero? amounts of solar and wind power. Th they are making vast amounts. They're actually one of the biggest countries in the world. That is for sure. But the reality yeah, so is they're still they're building... They, are, they have a hugely growing with, economy. So exactly. With power. Some of that is With cold, cheap energy. But much of it is solar and wind. With, with, with cheap and energy, nuclear. using coal and new coal-fired power stations. And they haven't legally signed up to net zero for 2050, by the way. They've said no. they might move towards it 10 or 20 years later. No, India's they said 27. 2060. And they India, said 2060. Uh, uh, but it's not a binding commitment. India's said 2070. These nations, yeah. they're look, look, we're all looking to reduce they're emissions. They're not they, foolish enough to legally commit and impoverish their economy. Those countries have not caused the problem. 
The problem has been caused. China's caused part of the problem. India has caused none of it because it's too, its emissions have been too low. So we've caused the problem, haven't we? The problem. The problem has been caused by developed economies which have been industrialising for 200 years. We didn't know we were causing the problem uh, until we represent, relatively recently. We represent 1% of fuel, emissions, Michael. Let me finish. It's the fossil fuels that we have burnt over 200 years of industrialisation that have caused the problem by filling the atmosphere. So it's understandable that poorer countries want to grow, want to improve their incomes, but they are also on this path to net zero. The whole world is, Richard. It's only you and a few people who deny the climate science who think that you know better than every government in the world. And it really is rather I, I, extraordinary. Well, that you what's think extraordinary is... You have the knowledge that all of these governments and all of I'm, these scientists don't have. I, I'm looking at lots of other scientists who've got a very very, very different view, and I'm saying we should have a proper grown-up debate without That's people exactly like you getting... That's exactly what we do. Every no, year we debate this. What is this but debate you're we're trying having now? To, you're trying to deny the debate because you're claiming that it's facts. No, I'm you're trying You're claiming to that I'm the only person who's denying this. Debate. When I put you the facts to you about uh, what the IPCC report says, you actually don't seem to rather like it. Michael, um, unfortunately, no, no, time, time is... It's not not liking it. But Richard, you, you I don't, don't think you like understand it. science, do you? Uh, science Michael, is about I understand. What we know. I understand what I read in the IPCC report. Science is about the evidence we have. So it's not a question of liking it or not. You're entitled to your own views, absolutely. And, and the evidence you're not entitled to your own facts. And, and actually, also the remember, facts the, remember, are those Michael, which the, come from science. The, yes, and and the science. There's no such thing as the science. There are scientists well, no, who there challenge are each other. percent of all scientific papers on this subject. That is not the case. Agree. And again, that is not the case. You're referring to the Cook analysis from 2013, when they were asked how many of those papers said that actually uh, human humans were inducing. Global warming. Two thirds. Two thirds of the papers. Why, why made is no, it? Do you think that of, every let me finish. in the world is Two thirds this. of the papers said actually they didn't have a view as to whether or not humans were causing uh, the majority of global warming. You're referring to you're referring to about ninety-seven percent of just over thirty percent. The facts are important indeed, Michael. We've got to go to a break, but I'm so glad that you've come on. We've had an energetic debate. Debate is good. It's important. But some people want to shut it down. I think it's important. Thank you very much, Michael Jacobs, Professor of Political Economy at the University of Sheffield. It's Tyson. It's Talk TV.